0: This is a church building. The church building.
1: The church building. But I want us to take a minute
0: to remember that this is not the church.
1: Not the church.
0: The church is reaching out to the orphan and to the widow. The church is supporting human rights work all over the globe.
1: The church is showing our community who Jesus is
0: through his hope and his love. The church
2: is you. Is you. Is you.
1: This is a church building.
2: But this is not the church.
1: The presence of God started in the garden,
2: moved to the tabernacle and then to the temple, and now the presence of God lives in His people, lives in you, in you, in you.
1: This is a church building.
0: This is not the church. So whether we're meeting in this building,
1: this building,
2: in this building, at a coffee shop, or in a small group somewhere,
1: out serving in the community, or just
2: gathering together online, wherever we are,
1: this is a church building. We are the church.
2: We are the church. We are the church. church.
0: Hey, what's going on, Apex students and C4 Chargers? It's Pastor Brian here with Pastor Chris. It's looking a little different this Wednesday as we are bringing you the first installment of 4NEPA Live, 4NEPA Live. Chris, how you doing?
2: I'm so excited for tonight. Are you excited? I am so
0: pumped. I can't wait.
2: This is, like, super different, but we have also made some efforts to try and make it the same. So some of the things are going to be the same as, you know, on a normal Wednesday night, and some of the things are going to be... Well, we're, we're in a... We're on video, so (laughs) that's different. different. Um, So thank you so much for tuning in, joining in your homes across Northeastern Pennsylvania. So uh, we're very excited. One of the things we're keeping the same is we're going to go into a time of worship now. So um, we're just going to give some time to God. So whether you're in a car, in your bedroom, watching as a family, whatever you're doing, I encourage you to worship with us. Uh, We're going to sing some songs. Hopefully you know them. And uh, so Brian, would you pray as we go into worship?
0: Absolutely. Father God, we just thank you for tonight. God, we thank you for the opportunity to come together as two youth ministries, two student ministries, God, two churches. And Lord, I just thank you for each person that's contributing right now and every person watching. And God, bless our time together tonight. And Lord, may you use it for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen.
1: we Ooh. that you are a God so big, that you can meet us here in this building, and you can meet students and families where they are, watching, and that we can worship together. Thank you, God, for meeting us where we are, and thank you, God, that you are bigger than our fear and the craziness going on around us, that you are firm and something that we can when we are stressed and just when chaos abounds we thank you god that you are trustworthy and steadfast and we give you all the honor and all the glory today amen,
2: amen. thank you guys so much So like I said, we're going to do our best to kind of recreate what you might experience at youth group. So now we're going to talk about the Bible. We're going to share some uh, some study on the scripture together. We're going to go back and forth and do that. And so I'm going to start with a story that I've told at Apex before. Um, So some of you may have heard it. Um, You might remember the time that my friends jumped off a bridge, and um, I did too. (laughs) So this is in college, and my friends told me that there was this bridge that we could jump off of. And you would jump off the bridge into the river. And I thought, that sounded incredibly fun. So when my friends were just going to do that, I said, yeah, let's do that. So they jumped off the bridge before me. They had a blast. It looked super fun. And um, so I was like, it's my turn. I got to jump off this bridge. Now, it's crazy high. It's like 30 feet from bridge to water here. And um, it's my turn. And the only words playing in my head were the words that my friends kept saying to each other. And they kept saying, don't think about it. Just jump don't think about it, just jump. Because they know, and you know, if you think about these kinds of things too much, you'll psych yourself out, right? And then, and then you get scared, the, the anxiety builds when you, when you focus on the task in front of you too much like that. The fear just wells up. And so um, I didn't think about it, and I just jumped. And I realized in the air that I did not have as much control over my body as I thought I was going to have. So this fall, like I said, it was about 30 feet from bridge to water. And it felt like it was taking forever, and at the same time, it felt like it was over in an instant. It's very hard to describe. But we were falling, and, or I was falling, and I was realizing that I can't really move around. I'm just falling, and all of my energy is put towards falling. And it's important how you hit the water at a fall like this, right? Because if you hit the water, you would need to hit the water straight on, like, like your toes first, like straighten your entire body toes first. And so I'm falling thinking, okay, i got to straighten out my body, Why can't I straighten out my body? (laughs) And I'm like, why don't I have control over myself? So um, it's at this point that I realize I don't have time to think about much, but I do have time to realize this is going to hurt. Because I was falling in a seated position, and um, that's right, butt first um, off the bridge into the water. It was not not fun at all. Um, I learned an important lesson that day. I learned that if all your friends jump off a bridge, it's very important that you jump off the bridge correctly. That's what I learned. Is
0: that what your mom said? That's
2: exactly, no, she just said something different. <laughs> <laughs> I told you not to That is true, the that is true. But I chose, I don't know if I regret it. It hurt a lot, but I don't think I regret it because it was still fun. It's a great story to tell. Um, it's been a crazy week, right? There's been, and every day this week has felt like a month. That's what I keep saying. It's like, it's just, it's only been a week since like, so things started canceling. The, the NBA, the NHL, uh, the Major League Baseball, XFL, Concerts, conventions, games, all of this stuff is being canceled, postponed. its We're forced to do church online. It's a wild time. Things are really crazy right now. Uh, people are full of concern and fear um, and heightened anxiety. Um, I don't... And we don't know when life is going to go back to normal. That's really what it's like. We just just don't know what tomorrow holds. Things have gotten out of control so quickly. that we found, like, what so much can happen over 24 hours. We don't know what's going to happen. And so I found that there are a lot of question marks right now. (laughs) And I found that when there are a lot of question marks, and even when there are exclamation points at the end of sentences you don't like, (laughs) I found that when there are a lot of question marks, the best thing to do is to keep looking to
0: Jesus. So tonight I have a question to ask all of you as you're tuned in as you're watching, what do you do when it feels like everything around you is falling apart? What do you do? See right now we're facing this worldwide pandemic of COVID-19 or the coronavirus as you might call it, but but what do we do when everything is falling apart? So Today, we're not just dealing with this pandemic, but maybe we're not dealing exactly with it directly as it relates to your health. Maybe you haven't been affected by it or any of your loved ones affected by it, but maybe you're still wrestling and dealing with the fears of of panic and, and the unknown and the uncertainty that we are living in right now as a country, as a world. And so what if I told you tonight, you don't have to be afraid? What if I told you that? That we do not need to fear. We do not need to be afraid. Check out what this says, what the Bible says over in the book of Psalms. In Psalm 46, 1 to 3, it says, God is our refuge and our strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when the earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. Just we, we think we're seeing panic now with like people like fighting over toilet paper and, and different things. But can you imagine the chaos that would ensue if actual mountains were, were crumbling and falling into the sea and they were splitting apart and all these things were happening right before our eyes? Can you imagine the chaos that would ensue? See, if you're following Jesus, we do not need to be afraid in fact, here in this verse, to break it down a little bit for you, in the first verse it says, God is our refuge and strength. Well, what does refuge mean? Refuge, another word for that is, is shelter. It's a safe haven. It's a place where we can run to. It's a, it's a place where we can go to when we are seeking safety. And that, this is how the scripture describes our amazing and loving and awesome God. He is our refuge, but he's also our strength. And he also is powerful, all-powerful, omnipotent. And, and so we have an all-powerful shelter, a safe haven that we can run to in these times of uncertainty. And, and, and not only that, but, but we have to understand that he, God is our strong and powerful shelter, and that is who he is for us as we are Christ followers. And so run to him and seek shelter in the refuge that is the Lord.
2: I'd like to encourage you to be interactive in the comments, especially if you have a question. Um, And, you know, go ahead and ask that. And later tonight we're going to have some time to talk about what questions you put in there and uh, kind of have a question and response and talk together about fear and about that kind of thing. Also in the stream, uh, in the comment there, if you're watching and you work at a grocery store, I would like you to tell us what it's like at a grocery store in the comments, please, Uh, and we'll pray for you because I do not envy that job. Um, I know I've been in just a grocery store a couple times in the past week, and it is, it's a scary sight right? Like, especially the the paper products aisle is just totally empty in a lot of stores. It's just, it's bizarre. It's something that we may have never seen in our lives. I've been at the Weiss in Dallas a couple of times, and I'm like, that is, it's just bizarre to see nothing on the shelves, right? So, um, and it's easy to make jokes about what people are doing with all this toilet paper, besides selling it out of the truck in front of the store. Uh, that's, the, that's the low-hanging fruit to make jokes. But also, that site can... Can pose some scary questions, it can bring up some concerns for me and for you i 'm sure, and when I look at that, there are some questions that come into my my mind, like, can we still get the household items that we need? Is there going to be enough food? What happens if both my parents lose their jobs i 'm very aware that it's that we may use humor to be coping with some more serious and scary things and, and I would like you to know that I take those questions seriously, and I'd like to apologize for uh, anyone who may have not, who may have been dismissive of those questions in your life and those fears and anxieties. And uh, I I want to assure you that God takes that seriously. He takes your every fear and your every disappointment very seriously. Jesus spoke directly about fear and anxiety. So there's this doctor, his name is Luke, and uh, Dr. Luke recorded some of the events of Jesus' life. And in Luke twelve twenty two to 31, he said this. It's kind of a long passage, so stay with me. Then turning to his disciples, Jesus said, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear. For life is more than food, and your body more than clothing. And he gives some examples. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for God feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than any birds. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory did not, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you why do you have so little faith and don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink don't worry about such things these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world but your father already knows your needs seek the kingdom of god above all else and he will give you everything you need there's a lot to unpack there, um, and we only have a few minutes, so I'm going to kind of hit a couple pieces. First of all, uh, we have we processed this scripture at Apex not too long ago, and the reason I remember is because I had some volunteers, uh, and I had them stand on one side of me and be the ravens. Yes, and flap the raven flap. You remember that? And I had some lilies, and uh, I had, I think... I had them put their petals along their neck like gills. Um, and I had them waving in the wind. And I remember Cohen, I don't know if you're watching, but um, you were a really beautiful flower. So I, we, we just processed this not too long ago. But I love what Jesus is teaching to his disciples here. It's super important. He's saying, if God takes care of birds and flowers, what makes you think he's not going to take care of you? He created us out of love for love and he died on the cross even though we sin against him, and he set us up for abundant life on earth, eternal life in heaven, why wouldn't he take care of his people? And when we're not trusting God, we fear. When we are not trusting God, we fear. I I can't make a direct line from fear to lack of faith. So let me clarify. There are mental conditions, trauma, and triggers. I'm very aware of that, and there's a lot of things at play here. But aside from those things, we cause ourselves an immense amount of fear and worry and anxiety by focusing on the problem instead of the provider. And here Jesus is saying, I love this, because he's saying, how's that going for you? He says, you're worrying. I see it. How's that going? Has that worked? He knows that it does not work. Worry does absolutely nothing for you. Um, and I, there's, like, a study on this, like, group of monkeys, and I think it's important to include because they went to this, like, group of apes, and they took out all the, the highly anxious ones. So they—I don't know how they test a monkey for anxio- anxiety, but um, apparently they could. And they took out all the anxious ones from this, from this group, this family of monkeys, and they came back six, six months later, I believe. Uh, some of these details might be not quite right, but—and the whole herd was dead, they, you need fear. The fear is, and, and this like sense of something is wrong here is important. But when we focus on our fear, when we focus on our problems, when we focus on our anxieties, begin that downward spiral, that's where we are causing ourselves fear. We are causing ourselves trouble. We have opened the door to fear and anxiety in our lives. So don't spend your time focused on the problems. Don't spend your time focused on the things that cause you fear. So you might ask, What do I focus on then? And Jesus put it very clearly here in the last line of that passage seek the kingdom of God above all else. Put the kingdom of God above those things. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. And this is the bottom line for our time here tonight. It's the same idea put in a few less words. Keep looking to Jesus. Keep looking to Jesus. Jesus is teaching us that this issue of fear and anxiety is often a matter of focus. It's a matter of what you're focusing on, where you have put your attention, where you have put your focus. Where is your focus? Where is our focus? What do we spend our time focusing on? Because when we focus more on the problem than on the provider, we're opening the door to fear and anxiety. So even in this crazy time, what's going on in our world right now, keep looking to Jesus.
0: So maybe you're watching this and you're wondering, how do I apply this in my life right now, Brian? How, how do I apply this, Chris? And, and so I think we, we just looked at Psalm 46. Well, I want to back up, or I want to, excuse me, jump forward 45 more chapters into Psalm 91, verses 9 through 10. And the psalmist is still giving the same message. It says, if you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High God your refuge shelter. No evil will conquer you and no plague will come near your home. How timely. No plague will come near your home. See, I believe that God is giving us a metaphorical yet literal promise here in this passage that's penned by the psalmist. I think that God is telling us that because our hope shouldn't be and and cannot be for this world, for this life, but rather for eternity, that's where our focus needs to be. That's where our hope is found. That's where that's where we can kind of put our eggs in that basket and not in this life. See, when we trust God, nothing can truly harm you. Again, because we're not focused on the here and now. We're, we need to be focused on eternity. But Brian, we still live in the here and now. So I'm afraid, I'm worried, I'm panicked, I'm there with you. I actually struggle with anxiety myself. Um, if you would have told me X amount of years ago, I'd be up on a stage talking to people, live, uncut, everything. I probably would not have even shown up. But uh, anyway, no plague will come near our home. See, see, God's word, it's so great and so powerful because it talks about so many different things. And it is relevant to our lives. And, and I love how the apostle Peter puts it in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. It says, give all your worries and cares to God Because he cares about you. Give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. Guys, we have the the creator of the universe, the way maker, the promise keeper, the light in the darkness. He wants your fears. He wants your anxiety. He wants your worries, your your doubts, everything. Give them to him and lay them down before him. And every time you, you find yourself in a moment of fear, a moment of panic and worry, instead of panicking, pray. And in regards to the situation that's happening in our culture right now, in our society, you find yourself being afraid, pray. Make God your shelter by praying more than panicking.
2: So this is all good. This is very good scripture. Makes sense. But um, how, what do I do? I think that's an important question. What do I do with this knowledge, this information? Um, So how do we respond? Considering what our lives look like right now. No school, no events, no church, no, no church buildings. We still have the church. We are the church. No groups. What can I do to make this idea matter in my actual life? As we go forward, let us not just be like struggling for peace in our own lives, but let's be agents of peace to the world around us. Let's have so much peace that we that it, it flows out of us into the lives of other people around us. When people around us are crippled by anxiety and fear, let us keep looking to Jesus and show them what hope and faith and peace actually look like. I think we've all been in situations where it didn't look like it was going to turn out very well. <laughs> we just had some questions about the end of the situation. We've all kind of been there. And uh, maybe for you, sometimes they turn out well. Like that test that you miraculously passed, even though you didn't study. I think that is relatable. It's been my experience. Sometimes you do fail that test that you thought you were going to fail. What do we do with this? We have hope. We have peace. We've all been in these situations where it doesn't look good. Sometimes it goes well. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you land in a river In a seated position and you can't sit down or stand up for three three months without it hurting we've all been in these situations maybe not that one exactly but we've all been in situations like it as we live through this situation that we are living right now let's focus on the provider let's stay connected to god depend on him for hope and faith and peace and not give in to fear and anxiety let's keep looking
0: Jesus and with that theme that uh, Chris just talked about keep looking to Jesus and maybe you find yourself in a situation that you're not sure how it's gonna turn out I just want to take a moment and and share uh, one of these situations that's actually happened in in my life rather recently about a little over a month ago my wife and I uh, went to the hospital excited and ready to welcome the birth of our firstborn uh, daughter and uh, and, you know, we had this kind of, I think we both, without even saying it, we both had this picture in our minds of just this delivery that was going to, the, the labor would start and the delivery would come and the baby would be born and everything would be just perfect and, and well-timed. And kind of that's, that was our own little plan that we had going on in our minds. But uh, that, that's not exactly what happened. And exactly what happened was is my wife, as she was in labor and as I'm her husband just watching her writhe in pain helplessly, uh, because of a few things that went wrong during the labor, uh, our, our daughter's heart rate all of a sudden dropped dramatically as she was still inside uh, in the womb. And, and, and this happened and occurred a few more times throughout the hours of labor, and, and, and it just kept happening, and there was no really explanation for it. The doctors couldn't tell us what was really going on, and, and we were facing some uncertainty and, and fear, and, and all I could do is just stand there and stare at my wife and just weep because I could do nothing. And so ended up happening, my my wife uh, actually had to ask for a C-section so we get rushed into the operating room for an emergency C-section. Uh, a few other things get botched along the way. They give her some medical or medicine that she's allergic to, so she has a reaction to that, so she's dry heaving, and, and she's you know, just in pain and, and itchy. Everything that you could imagine is just going wrong in here, and, and I'm outside of the operating room waiting for what felt like an eternity. I didn't know what was happening to my wife in there. I didn't know what was going on. I was so afraid. And, and, and all that kept coming into my mind was actually the song that, that we sang tonight was, was Waymaker and that my God is a promise keeper and that he is a light in the darkness. And I was in a dark place at that time. And finally, after again what felt like an eternity, I got brought into the operating room, told not to look at the table, and they brought me around to the curtain. And, and so, basically, they're, during a C-section, they're, they're taking the baby out of uh, the mom, and, and so you're behind this curtain, and so you can't really see anything that's going on, and probably because if you saw it, you'd pass out and faint, but again, I'm sitting there, she's no longer in pain, she's awake, she's talking to me, we're, we're excited, we can't wait to meet our baby girl, and all of a sudden, we hear a cry, we hear the first cry from our daughter, and then nothing, nothing. And b- before we know it, because normally what happens, the curtain will be lowered and they'll, they'll show you your baby and be like, oh, she's so beautiful and everything's great. And, but that's not what happened. What happened is the doctor rushed around and, and quickly started talking and, and saying words and phrases like not breathing and, and, and different things that I could only just kind of felt like were echoes. And, and ultimately what it was is my daughter was born with the cord wrapped around her neck three times and also with a true knot in the umbilical cord which is very, very rare, as well as uh, she also inhaled some, some uh, meconium in the lung, in her lungs, so she, was in, she had a lung infection already at birth. And so they said they had to rush her to the neonatal intensive care unit, or the NICU, if you're familiar with that term. And, and, and so uh, what, again, what seemed like an eternity, we, I didn't get to see my daughter for about an hour, and finally they let me, not my wife because she was still recovering, go and see her. And before I walked into the room, the nurses kind of prepped me to try to tell me what I was about to see, which is a a, a baby lying there hooked up to all sorts of machines and breathing apparatuses. And and I rounded the corner and entered the room, and I just wept, and I lost it. I lost it because of of how fragile and, and how precious the life of my baby girl was right before me and there was no other choice for me to just continue in my mind to bring this situation to God. God, I know you're a way maker. I know you're a promise keeper. You're not going to fail me. You're not going to let me down. And as Chris even said earlier, days seemed like months as they passed in the hospital, and and she was in the, the NICU for about a week because of her infection in her lungs, and Day by day, they, st- they started taking her off of these machines and these, these apparatuses and these IVs and- and- until eventually we were able to bring her home. And-, and she's at home right now watching with my amazing wife, Melissa. And-, and again, God came through in that situation. God was truly my shelter, my refuge and my strength during those times. There's no other way to explain it. I could not have gotten through that situation on my own. And so when I, when I see our society, when I see the coronavirus, when I, when I think about the birth and, and the complications that happened with my daughter, Aaliyah, which her name means to rise up, and we just picked out that name because we liked the way it sounded, but little did we know what she would have to rise up through right from the get-go. But God had that entire situation in his hands and under control. And he has this situation in his hands and under control. He is still the way maker, the promise keeper, the light and the darkness. In a dark world right now where we're seeing so much happen around us of this virus, of this pandemic, of the negative news that's on every single day, continue to trust in our God who is the way maker and the promise keeper let's pray god we just thank you so much god i thank you that you are sovereign and you are always in control and god that you just like you did the birth of my daughter you have this COVID 19 coronavirus pandemic you have this in your hands god you are in control this does not surprise you nothing can shock you or surprise you god you cannot be taken by surprise. God, you are well aware of the fears, of the worries, of the pains, of the hurts that maybe some of us, the anxieties that we are currently experiencing. Maybe we have family in other parts of the country or other parts of the world, and God, you know our thoughts and our fears. So God, right now, I just pray over every person that's listening, every person that's even here tonight, just, just helping us put this together. God, we just lift, this entire situation to you and we trust you God that you won't fail us that God we will at the end of this continue singing that you are the waymaker the promise keeper the light in our darkness God we love you God thank you that even though we we can't gather physically we can still connect digitally and God that you would continue to give us the hope and the peace and the joy and that we would find our refuge and our strength in you amen
2: I don't know about you but uh, being still has been a challenge for me <laughs> um, during Lent I've kind of made that a um, a mission of mine to I, I like deleted a game from my phone that I was spending a lot of time on <laughs> more time you probably spent money on it too didn't you I did I did mm. I almost didn't it's not like the kind where you need to like buy coins and stuff it's the kind where I just bought the game oh. for like m- one ninety nine or whatever, Okay. Um, so it hasn't, it hasn't I didn't spend a lot more of, of you now,
0: then.
2: Great, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> I had like spent so many hours on it that I was like, I owe them this one ninety nine. But anyway, so I, I deleted it from my phone because I didn't like that every time there was a pause, and every time I started to get still, I went to this game on my phone. <laughs> and mm. I was like, that is just not an okay way to live your life. Always on, always moving. So in the past few weeks I've tried to slow down, slowing down my mind. Um, and I think that There is an element of anxiety um, in that, in just this always being on, always something, the way that like phones are just rewiring our minds, um, our brains to to process so quickly. And and do you have any perspective on any thoughts about that?
0: Yeah, no. I, for me, I'm I'm extroverted, so I need to be around people. So when I yeah. hear social distancing, quarantine, <laughs> I'm just like, no. <laughs> like yeah. I'm I'm very scared and worried about that. That's what yeah. gives me anxiety: not being able to see my friends and get together with them in person. And and so for me, I, I remember when my wife and I started dating. Uh, she is not as talkative as I am, yeah. and I found myself just talking to fill the silence because right. silence is like nails on a chalkboard to me. Sure. It is not in my nature to to just be quiet, be alone, be by myself. That is not in my nature. So I think for a lot of us, silence is just uncomfortable. Sure. And, it, and, it's, and it's not a place where we like to hang out because then maybe for some of us, we're left alone with yeah. our thoughts. Right that we maybe never deal with or feelings or emotions that we never get to deal with and process in a healthy way. Um, Again, that's just talking from my experience. But I think for a lot of people, silence is is painful.
2: Yeah, definitely. So we're going to talk a little bit about fear and anxiety and what that looks like in our lives i'd encourage you to put some questions in the chat we'd love to talk to you Um, so this is a time that we can interact talk directly to people in the chat Um, there is a bit of a delay so keep that in mind but um, we do have some questions in here that i'd like to talk about first somebody said um, what are some practical things you do to help curb your anxiety what what are some you know because this is easy to say like Scripture, you know, right, respond to a problem with scripture, and you should do that. But what does that living out that scripture look like in my life?
0: Absolutely. I mean, for me, I, uh, again, I'm extroverted, so I like being around people. So I have a group of guys that I can go with, go to, and I can, I can seek encouragement from them as well. So maybe it's not me dealing on my own exactly with it, but I have, I have friends that I know I can just reach out and be like, hey, I'm struggling with this right now. Sure. Please pray with me or I'll pray in a group uh, with them or, uh, you know, again, it's it sounds cliche, but, you know, prayer is, is huge. Uh, also, like in my own anxiety and my anxious thoughts, like I have a tendency to really exaggerate things oh, like yeah? like yeah. like soup, like take it to the nth degree. And uh, my wife, uh, again, I, and I keep referring to her and she's watching. She probably thinks I'm being ridiculous. But <laughs> uh, I remember she grabbed me by the face the one time. And she did not kiss me. No, that's not where I'm going. That would have been a romantic. It would have been. But uh, <laughs> she kind of grabbed me and shook me and be like, You're worried about something that is not even a reality. Well, yeah. What is true in this moment? You're feeling that way, and those feelings are valid and and sure. not saying you shouldn't feel them. Sure. But but what is the reality and the truth of this situation right now? And and, and especially like, because I like to try to control things too. So like I'm if it's out of my control, like I'm not a big fan of that you know yeah. like right now we're still waiting on the hospital bill you know yes. for, for the birth of our daughter so right. it's like i have no idea how that's going to be and and every like i found myself laying awake in bed the other night just thinking about that and yeah. i was just like god you have that i don't need to be thinking about that sure. right now you're again just resting and trusting that he has it in control and i, I know that's not a i guess that i don't know if that's a practical answer in the sense of like a tangible answer sure, for something. people because yeah. it's just like well, well yeah but like yeah. i'm still wrestling with that i, I i'm racking my mind yeah. right now exactly of how you know i've again just talking to someone about sure, the feelings yeah it don't be alone in that you know don't that's just good. be like oh i'm the only one that's having these thoughts or these fears or these feelings but yeah so i would say don't don't be ashamed or afraid to like reach out to someone you know like If you're a student reach out to a youth leader yeah uh you know if you're a a parent reach out to your pastor you know or 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 if if you're a kid reach out to your parents because students if you're watching your parents love you so much and and they they care about you and i and i know a lot of them uh at least from our group and 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 they they want you to talk to them uh and and starting those conversations and even if you're thinking i can't talk to them about this you can talk to them about this because they were once where you were yeah, Or if they weren't, they had a friend who was. That's right,
2: yeah. One of the things you said about Melissa grabbing you by the face and saying, hey, this is not reality. Mm. Um, there's actually, And that might sound to some people like counterproductive. Like, right. you're just responding to my anxiety with the facts. That doesn't help You're me. dismissing me. Right, yeah. yes. And it can be dismissive at times. But there's actually research that says, showing someone in an anxiety spiral that what they're being anxious about is not reality, there's research that says that helps. And that actually does help snap them back to, Okay I was I was in this land where everything goes wrong, and now I can return to reality. It can kind of help in that way
0: and if I could just share again like yeah. i, I didn 't start dealing with anxiety, and maybe I always had it sure but i didn 't really start wrestling with it and really struggling yeah. with it until actually seven years ago when I moved up here, yeah. and I took the job yeah. as a youth pastor at, at the church that i 'm at now and and it wasn't, it wasn't because of the job, it wasn't, you know, but it was, I, I took the job, I was living on my own for the first time, an extrovert, alone, no yeah. roommates, nothing, yeah. on my own, away from my family, you know, uh, getting engaged, like all these life changes that were just happening so much all at the same time, it came to a point where I would literally wake up every day and I would be physically sick because of my worries and fears and uh, I, I actually went to a Christian counselor, you know, to seek counsel mm. because I I just I I knew I needed to process through this. And and he just looked at me one time and he said, Well, what if, mm. what if that happens? Yeah. What, what's changed? What what? And he, he made me start thinking about sure, like yeah. my, in a sense, yeah. fears. You right. know. And he's like, Well, well what, yeah. What if that does happen? Well, what if this happens? Mm-hmm. So, okay, if that happened, what about that? You know, yeah. like and to actually think through and be like. I'm such an idiot. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, sure. But in, in, in the sense of, again, yeah, those feel, feelings of anxiety and fear and worry are real, and, and people experience them, but, but also be like, again, what's the perspective yeah. you know, that I'm having about this? Why
2: am I worried about that? And I like him taking you down that journey because, like, it's one thing to say, like, okay, I don't need to be anxious because this thing didn't happen, because I w- didn't have a bad diagnosis. Yeah. But, but we need to be better than that because what if you do? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. that is a possibility. And and mm-hmm. we need to be okay. Can we just synchronize our oh, sorry. switch? That, wow. That was not planned. Um, <laughs> 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 but we need to be okay. We need to remember that God's got us Yes. even if everything goes wrong. Even if that terrible thing you're dreading does happen, God's still got you. It's still going to be okay in the end. Um, absolutely. I think counseling is a great thing. I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, I and heard, there's, no,
0: there's no shame in it. I'm, absolutely. I'm freely admitting that, you yeah. know, I— I'm a pastor, and I went to counseling. And yeah. That's okay.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we've been through one question so far. Um, and so I want to make sure we hit everybody's question to some degree. So I will say I just heard in a podcast today, it was a therapist talking about, um, she you know, deals specifically with children, and she says spend about a few months in the home things, breathing exercises, mindfulness, study scripture, pray really hard, do those things for a few months. If you're not seeing improvement, see a counselor. Do that for a few months. If you're not seeing, on top of the first thing, then see a counselor. If you, that, that doesn't work in a few months, maybe medication is is your route, right? Um, and that's another thing that is certainly and
0: that's a reality, a path. You, you know, yes, it, it's yes. not a. I know it's been a stigma in the past, but that's a reality. Yeah. You know, I, I work with someone who, you know, he, he openly admits that. You know, I he's had a few nervous breakdowns, but he it's part of his testimony. It's yeah. part of where God has brought him out from that pit. And, and set his feet on yeah. sure and solid ground.
2: So good. So I think we hit some of the overarching stuff in this first question. So if we can keep, I'm going to help me keep my answers a little tighter for these next few. Keep it moving. Um, what are some ways we can refocus our minds from fear to faith? So what do you do to focus on the provider instead of the problem?
0: Mm. Well, again, uh, it's I, I try to practice what he he took me through in counseling, even in my sure. own life. Well, yeah. okay. What if that does happen? Like, sure. like right before. Right before we started tonight, right? What happened? We we had we had a YouTube channel that we t- were told it was going to take 24 hours yeah. to approve. It's been 28 hours and it still hasn't been. Yep. And so in my yeah. mind, I'm like, oh my word! Like this night is like you know it's not starting off the best, and <laughs> right, I start right. to go down that path, and I'm like, no, yeah. we have a backup plan. That's right. We're okay. That's right. You know, we're we're this is still going to happen, and we're we're going to be okay, and it's going to continue on, and you know, God is going to use this and be glorified in it, and it's so, good. um yeah from faith or from fear to faith uh again, just so sur- we're not made to do this christian life, this Christian walk alone I'm so glad you said but, that i mean we're yeah. we're together tonight that's you right, know yeah. we're we're not in this alone that's we're you know one we have the Lord obviously but but then he's also given us the ability to have relationships with other followers and believers yeah. uh, of like minded faith and and so we are not in this alone, so don't do isolation. Because, you know, the Bible talks about the devil being a, a roaring lion and prowling around. Well, what does the lion do? He doesn't, he doesn't just go right into the pack of yeah. zebras, right? He, right? he picks out the straggler or the weak one or the sick one and, and the one that's by themselves and takes them out. That's and good. so never, never isolate yourself because that's not going to – even if you're an introvert and you, you do need that alone time, that's yeah. fine. But then eventually talk to someone. Reach out and say something.
2: Quarantine, yes. Yes. Isolate, no. Correct. All right. Yes. Um, if I could, this is as good a time as any to talk about spiritual disciplines. Um, the way we talk about it is five things, and you hit the you hit the middle one. So you are got you talking it.
0: about alive and five.
2: No, no, oh, but okay. that is another five. We I do. jumped the
3: gun. Though. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> um, but five spiritual disciplines: ten and ten, friends, going, giving. Okay. 10 and 10 friends going giving. So you got 10 minutes a day in prayer, 10 minutes a day reading the scripture, awesome. um, grounding yourself in time with God and his word and talking to him. Super important.
0: So I don't have to read like the whole book of Genesis
2: in one day? Uh, you can and you have time now. Yeah. Now that you're definitely not going do. to school, <laughs> but uh, you don't have to. I right. think 10 is a great starting point. Yeah, I think it's a great place to build on. 10 and 10 friends. Keep yourself with people that are like-minded, bringing you closer to Jesus. Going. So evangelism. Well, there's another question we're going to get to about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, su- it's super important to your focus and your direction with God or your connection with God when you are telling people about Him. And then the third, the fifth is giving. So giving your time, giving your tithing, resources, that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So I think spiritual disciplines are a great way to help you stay connected with Jesus. Um, that sounds like duh, right? <laughs> spiritual <laughs> disciplines connect you to Jesus. Yes. Um, how can okay great? How can we use this, these situations, quarantine, COVID, how can we use this situation to spread the gospel? Let me jump in first because it. it's something we talked about. Be an agent of peace. Mm. Don't just worry about peace for yourself, but be an example of peace to a world that is not feeling very peaceful. Um, so if you can stay rooted and focused and you can work on your peace and hope and faith, people see that
0: absolutely and and that's exactly what i was going to say yeah. be a peacemaker you know the bible says blessed are the peacemakers and, and so in this world of uncertainty in this time of of panic and fear like i've uh i've been i've been to grocery stores a fair amount probably yeah. like everybody in the past few weeks uh even even like week it's gotten even more intense uh again and, and and so uh while you're there like don't be running around like a mad person like you know like black friday and like yeah. stiff arming sure. grandmas like away from the toilet paper right. or anything like that uh in fact they're stiff arming me but anyway <laughs> uh it's be you know and and i like again even in this time you know w- even when i was checking out the other day you know just talking with the cashier and kind of asking her how how are you doing yeah, you know what's right. are you overwhelmed like what's going on and she's like you just seem so relaxed like why and i'm like well i you know that's I, so good i'm I'm at peace with the situation. You know, I know my God has it. And, and you know, it didn't get to lead to a more in-depth conversation because then sure. there was about, like, 10 people behind me, right, like, right. giving me but the death stare. But anyway, it's but moment. it's a step. And and if we are showing peace, if we're truly living out that peace that surpasses all understanding yeah. what God gives us yeah. as, as believers in our lives because the world will look at us and not understand our peace yeah. because they don't if they don't have the relationship right. that we have with our Lord, they're not going to understand it. But being peacemakers and being peaceful in these times and also even just thinking about others before yourself. Yeah. You know, rather than like being at the store and like reaching for that. And maybe this applies more to adults than our students, but like rather than like diving for whatever the last
2: carton of right, milk is or right. whatever, be like,
0: no, you have that. You know, and, and trusting that God's going to provide and, and you know, just again putting others before yourself, being an agent of peace, just like yeah. you said, Chris.
2: That's great. This is probably our last call. So if you have any more questions, if you're thinking of something that last you last
0: call, are we on a phone-a-thon?
2: Oh, w- f- yes, yes, basically,
0: right? <laughs> oh, last call for questions. Okay. See, <laughs>
2: see yes. now, um, so go yeah. put that in the chat if you're thinking it. Someone else might be as well. Mm. Um, but here's one more if we don't get any more. How can we help? What can we do? We're stuck inside. I can't really leave the house. Um, my thought was, like, I'd love to take care of kids who's like, parents need to go to work, but there's no school. I'd l- but you can't get all these kids together. Kids right. are gross, right? right? So, like, it's it's – we have to – being quarantine also help how do we help do you have any ideas that come straight to your mind I got a couple things if you want me to vamp for
0: you I mean it's what we've said what we've said as a church you know and, and again this is really all going to depend on your own family situation sure. especially as you guys as students get involved but hey maybe if you have your own license and a way to get around or yeah. or even you just know your neighbors really well if you know of an elderly neighbor or know of someone uh, in your in your church, you know that like, hey, I, I need my prescription filled or I need right. this. You know, we're, we're starting to try to take requests yeah. on our church website. Be like, hey, I have a need or hey, I can help meet a need. Yeah. And uh, and, and even you just uh, sitting at home as students, you know, I read this the other day. Uh, someone was suggesting it. I think it was actually one of my leaders, Heather. Shout out if you're watching. But she even said with nursing homes and the fact that they're not allowing visitors right now, mm. like, write a letter so to good. just someone in the nursing home and just let them know that you're praying for them and encouraging them and, and just uh, try to, you know, just share the love of Jesus with them. And, and I think st- they'll take mail. I think, yeah, yeah. I still think they I do think so. that. Um, but again, uh, you know, and, and just address it to whatever nursing home you can think of. So maybe that's like one way I can think of as sure. a student. Yeah. But again, if you have your own car and everything, maybe offering for those elderly people in your life, yeah, be like, hey, good. do you need anything from the store? I'll go get it. I'll drop it on your porch and walk away. Yeah, right, know? right. Um, and, and again, uh, just trying in those practical ways. Those are That's just good. two things I could think of. It's
2: good. Uh, so if you're gonna write a letter, make sure you sanitize your hands before yes, you write your letter. Please, um, please do. I don't know if that can it live on paper.
0: I think it could live on anything, honestly. Oh my goodness. Even like plastic and stuff. So maybe that was a bad. Oh my goodness.
2: I think if the d- nursing home has a Facebook page. There you go. Maybe there you go. Maybe do that's that. Good. Speaking of which, one yeah. of the things I went there's like a back mountain community Facebook page, and mm. I just said, "Hey, what can we do?" So if you look for my name on that page, you're going to see a list of people that responded with links to food pan food banks and Meals on Wheels and a bunch of people that mm. are looking for volunteers. So that's one way. If you like, you said if you have a car or something, um, something that someone said on that that like made me be like, "Well, duh," was check on your neighbors. Yes. And I was like, "Oh well." of course why and I immediately called my neighbor and was like hey I know that this is a weird time can can I do anything for you I'm
0: so guilty Um, of that like just as soon as I pull my driveway just go into the house like don't make eye contact don't do it yeah I'm such a terrible person at times
2: I've been strategizing to think like how can I maybe write again we're writing letters but like write somewhere and leave it on some neighbor's doorsteps and say hey if you need anything please let us help um so that might be something you can do. And uh, like you said, our church as well, as collect- tomorrow some links will be live on uh, how to submit a need and to say I'm willing to help. And
0: you're actually encouraging me now because I do have the phone number of an elderly couple across the street from me. So Give them I'm, I'm going to call them. Uh, they actually called me the other day. Uh, yeah. Nothing about the coronavirus, right, but just right. some crazy thing happening in our neighborhood. Yeah. So, But uh, there's ways that we can communicate to them.
2: That's great. And um, I, I, if they know how to answer the phone, that's the that's the concern. <laughs> Because I called <laughs> to no answer, and uh, but I'll keep calling until I get a hold of them, and we'll have a conversation, see if we can help. This has been so fun. Um, I, so keep in, in touch with both of, with your Instagram for your youth group. So if you're on C4 Charge, uh, if you're on Apex Students Instagram, stay tuned to what our churches are doing individually, how we can connect together, um, because we want to stay connected with you.
0: What are we, like, what do we think about what's next?
2: Hey, look at those comments there. We'd love to hear some feedback from you. Yeah. <laughs> we would love to hear. Did you guys like this? Did you like it? Did you are hate we, it? Are we wasting our time? Is there something better we can do? Am I ugly? <laughs> Don't answer that. Don't, Don't. answer that. Um, so let us know what you'd like to what you'd like to see on Four NEPA Live. At this point, I think we're talking about episode two next week. Possibly the second installment. All right. So help us make it great. Um, so put in your suggestions. We'd love to hear from you. Um, but as far as today goes, thank you. Thank you so much for yes, joining us, for tuning in, for working hard to um, to make 4NEPA Live happen. You've made it a reality, and I'm just so excited to be able to watch live with you. So,
0: And I know, I think we were talking about it. Also, stay tuned for what we're stay doing tuned. individually as Youth Ministries, That's but right. yet together.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in, and uh, we'll hear from you soon. And if not, we'll see you on 4NEPA Live next week. Bye.